0: This week, we want to follow up really quickly at the top of the episode about action items we discussed last week and how we're doing on that sort of thing. I um, started my monthly donations. I decided that I wanted to continue donating to the Ogre Projects, Nina Pop, and Tony McDade mental health funds because mental health is something that's very close to my heart and that felt good to me. So that's where I'm putting my monthly donations and I'm splitting them in half between those two places. Also, I talked about um, contributing directly to Patreons and that's something I still want to do. Shavonda Gardner has teased that she is looking into starting a Patreon soon. So I'm waiting for that to happen because she is someone whose content I uh, consume very frequently and have for a long time so i would like to pay for that content but because that hasn't started yet i am just splitting my monthly donation between the mental health funds at present
1: that's cool
0: yeah um and then obviously if shivonda gardner decides not to start a patreon i will continue doing research about that but i would love to contribute to her because she's someone i've followed for a long time also Um, a point of apology, I, in the last episode, insinuated that the author of The End of Policing was Black, and I made that assumption based solely on the content, so I am sorry that author is white. Um, I bought that book anyway from a Black-owned bookstore, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and I wanted to read that book, and I still want to read that book, so I purchased it, but um, I guess last weekend when this podcast comes out but this weekend in our real time um,
1: what is real time yeah,
0: there's an initiative going on to black out bestseller lists which basically just means that like when bestseller lists come out this week for you next week for us um we want a bunch of black authors to be on them. And so in order to contribute to that effort, I also bought How to Be Anti-Racist, which is a book that um, is fairly popular and has been on a lot of lists. Um, how to Be an Anti-Racist. Thank you, Donnie. Um, and I'll link it in the show notes in case I have in some way messed this one up as well. <laughs> Um, It's been on a lot of lists in terms of doing anti-racist work, like in conversation with white fragility and um, why I'm no longer talking to white people about race and So You Want to Talk About Race and a bunch of other books that I have read. So I'm excited to read this one as well and we will follow up with what that content is. However, as you will probably find out if you go to buy any of these books at this point, um, these books are super sold out right now, as you can imagine. And it's not that they're sold out at the places I'm trying to buy them. If you tried to buy them from Amazon as well, they would be sold out because it's that not enough physical books exist in the world to keep up with the demand that has spiked. So if you do really want to read these things right now, I would suggest going for the ebook or the audiobook. Um, independent bookstores do often have links through their websites to buy those things as well. So you don't have to go to Amazon. I, I, Personally, I'm going to be waiting for the print books because I can't wrap my head around ebooks yet because I'm a terrible person, but we're working on that. Um, So my updates are going to be like very much in the future for Ah. those, but I'll let you know. (laughs) Um, Yeah.
1: That's it. My action items. Uh, Well, I am not teaching over the summer. So the picture book teaching thing. Will also be a future action item. I am actively reading that anthology <laughs> that I mentioned. <laughs> uh, needing to have read for the past like almost eight years I've owned it. Uh, so that is happening. It's moving moving right along. I found out via Jordan, I don't know if you post it in the show notes that there is an updated version of it, which maybe in the interest of expanding my like racial I was going to say racial reading list. I'm not sure that that's really a thing, a thing to say, but in the interest of like expanding my reading, get it. I initially got this book primarily because I was curious to see uh, like Langston Hughes's editing at work and kind of his editorial voice, so to speak. I got it for like pretty nerdy reasons, um, but I'm reading it in slightly in a slightly different lens, given everything that's happening uh, in terms of other action items. Company donation matches have uh, gone down the drain, <laughs> but you got to keep fighting the good fight. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the other specific ones. Most of them were about donations and books in my teaching and
0: well, the, we... the
1: rest we're going to talk about. Like, I'm trying to think of the stuff that isn't about to be in this episode. We're really, like, teasing the (laughs) shit out of this episode. (laughs) Do you want to just do the episode? Yeah, we should probably just do the episode. Okay,
0: so this episode is about sourcing, and we did an episode previously about art sourcing and where we get our art, and so this is going to be very much in the same vein. And I wanted to do this because I think I see a lot of the influencers I follow constantly answering questions about where they got a specific thing, and I think... Um, perhaps the, the, the easier thing to do, the better thing to do is to empower people to find things on their own. And I think that for me, sourcing is such a fun part of this work. Um, especially since we started looking specifically for conscious consumption and sustainable things. Um, and now through the lens of trying to buy from, from black businesses, um, You know, if that's not something that you're already doing or something that you're already focused on, it can be confusing as to where to start with that sort of thing. So I wanted to sort of um, list some resources and talk about our process of looking for things when we do want to buy from a specific category or with a specific goal in mind.
1: Yeah. Mostly Jordan sends me uh, an Instagram message like, (laughs) hey, look at this thing. And then I go and look at it and determine whether or not I would like to purchase it. I
0: would say I'm more interested in buying things than you are. Yes. As a a person. That's pretty true. Um, And I don't know, I just think this is really fun because so much stuff exists in the world and I think it's really easy to just be like, oh, this is the closest thing or this is the easiest thing. But I think as I've talked about when we talk about why we're buying sustainably and why that's interesting to us, um, I want to buy something that I like, feel good using and that I like a lot. And so the way I spend my money and the gratification I get out of spending my money has really shifted since I started thinking about sourcing in a really strategic way. Yes. Yeah. So I wanted to start this episode, I mean, what we're going to talk about now is, Um, buying from black businesses because that's the work that we've been doing very recently Um, so this is specific toward that this initiative called the 15% pledge has just started and you've maybe seen influencers sharing it around I will link their website and their Instagram account in the show notes and it's based on the fact that 15% of the American population is black Um, and so 15% 15% of products on shelves in national stores should theoretically be made by black makers, and that's not already the case. And so they're calling for these huge national corporations like Target and Walmart and grocery stores and places like that and to... Sephora. And Sephora. And <laughs> <laughs> um, To do an audit internally of their own buying practices and to make moves toward making sure that 15% of the products on their shelves are from black owned companies. And I think this is really interesting um, because I know that I think almost everyone shops at Target or Walmart, like the places that people go to get their stuff are these places. And imagine how easy it would be for you as a consumer to participate in this movement of buying from Black-owned businesses if that decision was already kind of made for you by the place you were shopping. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... If you don't have the time or energy or resources to be doing all of this sourcing, it would be great if the places you go to shop already were doing the sourcing for you and were participating in this work because it's like one's moral obligation to do so. So um, you can sign their petition on their website and I've been following them on Instagram. They're sharing this little form Right now, where you can, like, list your favorite black-owned businesses, like, you know those forms on Instagram stories where they give you the blank template and then you can, like, tag things in them? Yes. So they have one of those. Um, and they're asking people to, like, list two black-owned businesses and where they wish they were distributed. Hmm. So those have been really interesting. Um, and yeah, I just think it's a cool thing and it's a really good step for people to be able to discover black owned businesses because it would be great if they were already on store shelves when you went looking for them
1: right yeah i mean i've seen that going around i don't know that i understood exactly what it was i saw a lot of people sharing about sephora when they did that i don't know if they i think they agreed to take the pledge People oh, that's are, good. Like, sharing in support of that.
0: Sephora is not a store that I uh, interact with personally, so I had not heard that story, but that would be cool because I think the beauty industry is very um, inspired by black culture, and it would be great if black people got some of that money in return.
1: Yeah, someone fact checked me about that, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that is the case. Next up is our old friend slash tech overlord, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it seems like. Very silly to say, and I, we mentioned it in the last episode but like if you're looking for a black owned company from which to buy something you should just google black owned X you know mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the internet is really smart and good <laughs> and also terrible but like mostly smart and good yeah. and so like we have in the past like few weeks been really looking into this sort of stuff um like we needed to get new coffee. So I was like, oh, there are probably some black owned businesses that make coffee. And so I googled black owned coffee companies. <laughs> and um, one of the great things about what's happening right now is that there were a lot of lists of black owned coffee companies. And it was really easy for me to use someone else's work, go through that list and find one.
1: Yeah, as someone who blocked, I can tell you, that nothing gets traffic like listicles. So I promise you, whatever you are currently <laughs> looking for, someone has made a listicle about it for you to find.
0: Exactly, and you'll notice, I think, if you start going through these lists that a lot of things are sold out right now because this is happening right now and people are paying attention to it right now. Mm-hmm. and. That's okay. Um, I will say we bought coffee from Bean Fruit Coffee Co. Uh-huh. And we bought tea from Just Add Honey. And we pitched those things largely because they had stuff in stock right now. Yes. Um, they're because... not
1: New York. Well, I don't remember if Just Add Honey were there from. But Bean Fruit is from Tennessee, I want to say Memphis. So, like, we did pretty, like, big, long-range order. Uh, because most of the New York stuff was already sold out.
0: Yeah, but also the good news is um, they will not be sold out forever. So yes. if a week, a month, a year from now, you come back to these lists, you're going to have a lot of options waiting for you.
1: Mm-hmm. You can bookmark listicle and like all your other bookmarks. <laughs> Forget that it exists. And then when you go to do like a digital cleanout, be like, Oh, shit, I forgot. I bookmarked this list of black owned <laughs> coffee companies. And then, in that year from now, when the fad of buying has died out, but social justice is still important, you can buy from those black-owned companies who were previously sold out. So bookmark it. Forget about it as you do all your other bookmarks. And uh, do the thing.
0: Something I um, do also, I have a whole notebook in my Evernote called Stuff to Buy, which believe it or not, is just like lists of stuff I want to buy. And it's like separated into different notes for like categories. So I have like a home category and I have a clothes category. And so if something I really wanted to buy were sold out, I could also put it into one of those notes and come back to it next time we go to buy coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So... Those are some ideas, Um, but really like Google is your friend in this case. When we were in Arizona, I wanted to um, uh, eat at a black owned restaurant or rather like order carry out from a black owned restaurant because we're not going to restaurants. Um, And guess what? There was a listicle for that as well based like by geography so i looked up black owned restaurants in phoenix and we ended up having really good ethiopian food from this place called gojo which i'll also list in the show notes
1: yeah yeah google also has like advanced uh search features which i know yeah is scary to some but i promise you they're pretty easy so you could like really filter your searches for even more specifically what you're interested in if you're willing to yield that wield that power responsibly also probably yield probably as you do it google takes all your data so there's that on to our next friend (laughs) facebook under Um, the guise of instagram
0: yeah i'm gonna talk specifically about instagram because that's the social media that i engage with most often and the one that i understand the best donnie you can probably throw in twitter and i would assume that like any other social media that people interact with works like this as well
1: yeah i would say well, you talk about Instagram, they'll we'll talk about Twitter. Okay.
0: Um, what I like about Instagram is there are all of these sort of aggregate accounts, or I don't. There might actually be a real term for them. Um, yeah, I don't know. But they're like accounts that help you. Like the the point of the account is to amplify a group of people. So like. Um, There are accounts that are, like, specifically for conscious fashion or specifically for sustainable home goods or specifically to amplify black businesses and the work that they do. So you can follow one Instagram account and you can get exposed to a bunch of different things because the whole point of the account is to expose you to those things. Yes.
1: I feel like it often takes the form of, like, influencer, like, magazines, like, Hmm. hashtag, like, uh trying to think of an outdoors one. There's a shit ton of them, but like, hashtag wilderness adventure. And it's like, you know, people standing in front of mountains looking like off in the distance majestically. And it's just like a whole feed of that shit of people trying to be like outdoor influencers. But all that bullshit also, it has like a useful economic purpose in the formation of these kind of curated shopping accounts that we're about to discuss. There's a bunch of them. We're about to talk about a whole lot of black-owned business-specific ones. And Instagram really wants you to buy shit directly off it. So buying these things is about to become way easier.
0: Oh, that's true. They are starting that initiative, aren't they?
1: Yeah. I don't really
0: understand how that stuff works. Generally, what I do is I follow one of these accounts, um, and I'll put a bunch of links in the show notes to the ones that I've found thus far. Um, and a, they pop up in my feed. So I'm starting to get this content all the time and I can be like, oh, I'd never thought about buying X, Y, Z, but now all of a sudden I'm seeing a bunch of black owned businesses that create those things. And maybe that's interesting to me. Also, when I'm going, when I know that I want to buy coffee from a black owned business, I can scroll through the feed of one of these accounts and see who they're highlighting that is already making that product. So it is—it's like a magazine in a lot of ways, um, yeah. Of the thing that you're specifically looking for, or like a catalog, or catalog—that's a, catalog. that's a better get. one. Yeah, I better. took that
1: from Robin Hood Snacks podcast. So. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <Yeah.
1: You> gotta <laughs> give credit where
0: credit's due. So I'm gonna like just kind of list a bunch of them because I. Um, I can't say that I've been following them for long enough to say, like, whose content I like best or whose format I like best necessarily. I'm still kind of experimenting with them. But right now I'm following um, Shop Black, Black Owned Everything, Blue Market, We Buy Black, um, Black Wall Street, Eat Okra, which is specifically for Black-owned restaurants. And they have an app that you can also search through, which I've downloaded. Um, black girls who blog, which is not necessarily showing products, but it is highlighting black female bloggers. And that's interesting, right? Because like, if you follow a bunch of, I don't know, like food bloggers or, um, home bloggers, or I'm literally just like listing things I follow right now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, your (laughs) eyes are getting very big. I drank a lot of coffee this morning. (laughs) Um, Or, um, like clothing. Fashion influencers, is that what they're called? I don't know. They, yeah.
1: Whatever you want to call. I mean, they can be. Um,
0: then like this account, Black Girls Who Blog, is highlighting black girls who are also in that space, which might not be um what you are naturally exposed to. And then there's also Black Owned Brooklyn, which is obviously specific to the black-owned businesses in Brooklyn, but I would imagine that other places also have accounts like this. So if you're in a specific yeah. geographical location, you might want to search for one that's in that location as well.
1: Yeah, they're out there, I promise you. Probably every town has some kind of shit like this, every city, every town.
0: Yeah. The interesting thing about Instagram, um, I know there's some stuff that's been going around right now about the algorithm being racist, which is probably true, um, but something I saw someone share recently that i thought was really interesting is that actually the algorithm is really smart and it really works and the purpose of the algorithm is to show you a bunch of stuff that you already like and so if you are a person like me who is white and often follows white content then what's going to be recommended to you is more white content and since i have started actively seeking out these sorts of instagram accounts and following them lo and behold a bunch of stuff like this is being recommended to me now and so really you can take control of your own algorithm and you can (laughs) i mean not entirely (laughs) Um, but you know like i we were really looking for a black plant store and i um started following black girls who garden and literally last night in their stories, they asked for people to recommend them black owned plant stores. Nice. So in the next day or so, they're going to be sharing a bunch of that content with me. And suddenly, like, I've found the thing I'm looking for by, like, opting into it. Did you well, want to talk about Twitter?
1: No. I, just, I mean, again, briefly. <laughs> what to say about Twitter? Um, I'll say about Twitter. Well, Twitter, like any of these platforms, it really depends entirely upon who and what you follow. What being like nonprofits, corporations, and all that shits on there, and individuals. But I would say Twitter is a good platform, specifically for like individual donations. Like if you want, if you are of the inclination that you will donate directly to a person via Cash App and Venmo, um, then Twitter is a very good platform to use for that. And some people will just straight up ask for money. Um, Often for specific things sometimes, like today on Twitter, in the circles I follow, someone was like, it's Juneteenth, um, black and trans and between jobs and currently between houses. If you want to help me out, my Venmo is, and then listed their Venmo. Um, And that's something that's pretty prevalent on the platform. I personally donated. There's a poet who was in in the scene and in, or rather, in like the protests in Minneapolis. They live in Minneapolis, and they had posted there like, if you want to donate directly to me, I'm going to be bringing supplies and water and da 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 to the protests. And so I opted into paying them directly for that. And it's because I follow this poet and I believe that they would, or I believe that they would be accountable. They were accountable for buying the stuff and not just like pocketing the money. I feel like there is a lot of skepticism around that and like maybe rightfully so, but if you believe in the person or if you feel inclined to help someone out Twitter Is a particularly good platform for that. And that's not to say there aren't, like, businesses, nonprofits sharing their links. Like, all that stuff goes on on Twitter. But not to the extent I feel, not on my feed, to the extent that it is on Instagram. Facebook, as, like, a megacorp, is a lot more interested in pushing, like, ad revenue, I feel, than Twitter is obviously there's still ads on Twitter and Twitter makes money on your data and all that. But to borrow that language from the Robin Hood podcast, again, it's not as catalog-y as uh, Instagram, Facebook. So there aren't as many businesses and institutions putting in your face. Um, it's a roundabout way of describing it, but I, I think that sums it up quite nicely.
0: I would say in my very limited experience of Twitter from Donnie showing me his Twitter, um, <laughs> You can, like, find threads and stuff, though, of people talking specifically about what you're looking for. Like, you showed me that thread where someone was like, all right, I'm going to do it. Here's a list of black-owned candle companies or something uh, like that.
1: Yeah, that's a good call. That is, pretty, that is a pretty good point. Twitter, so threads, uh, for those of you, for the, for the uninitiated among you, um, are a series of tweets compiled together, right? Tweets are only 240 characters. So you can't write a full essay, but you can't write a thread, which is multiple tweets. Or in the interest of, like, this person's thread, each tweet is a different company. So each company gets its own posts, but it's all tagged together to be, like, one long post as well. So people have been doing things like that. Uh, people were, were threading together different nonprofits. Some people put threads together of individuals to donate to, like I just said. <laughs> um, and then threads of companies. So things like that uh, happen quite frequently. And then there's also a funny like Twitterism <laughs> to get really deep with y'all, where if someone's tweet goes viral and they're not like a person who would have it usually go viral, it used to be that people would like link SoundClouds or link like, personal pages, stuff like that. That still happens occasionally. But now people will be like, here's a link to my SoundCloud and it'll be a nonprofit that they want to support or an individual or a cause that they want to support. So often you'll see if you like click on a on a tweet that's gone viral, like someone writes a fucking stupid joke that for whatever reason gets literally hundreds of thousands of retweets and likes, and they're just like someone with an account, you know, they're not a celebrity or anything like that, then often if you click that, you'll see the next tweet threaded to it below is a link to a nonprofit. Um, so that's one way people use the platform to promote
0: shit they believe in it's cool i didn't know about that yeah because i'm not on twitter but i like that that's a cool thing that's happening on twitter
1: yeah i mean the rest of twitter is like really just hellfire so you're not (laughs) particularly missing out
0: (laughs) no i definitely prefer to experience twitter through the lens of things you think are funny and decide to share with me um but yeah the last one that i wanted to share that was also in our art art sourcing um episode it's to ask your friends like immediately after our episode last week came out our friend sue who you can hear on the kitchen with friends podcast mm. the, it's not a podcast it's an episode of our podcast
1: cook naked <laughs>
0: um tweeted me and no wow <laughs> i'm so <laughs> overwhelmed right now uh texted me and was like, oh, man, if you guys are looking for places, you have to go to this place and send me the link to Brooklyn Tea, which is being shared around a ton right now. Um, but he had been there before and really, really liked it and wanted us to go there. Um, for some reason, we're, like, being called to bed right now. Mm. <laughs> the universe really wants us to go. Um, and so that's cool because that's a personal wreck that we got from someone about a black owned business that we wouldn't necessarily have gone to because like our friends are all trying to do this as well Mm -hmm. and to learn and support things. Um, Also, as I mentioned, I wanted to buy the books I was buying from a black owned bookstore. And a lot of indie bookstores um, don't necessarily have e-commerce setups because that is expensive and hard to do and it's like already expensive and hard to run an indie bookstore but it just so happens that I have a friend who works specifically in book e-commerce Wow! Um, so I texted her and I was like oh hey I'm trying to do this thing like do you have any recs of who I should be looking at and she shared the lit bar with me which is really exciting because they're up in the Bronx um we do not live in the Bronx but we live in Manhattan, very close to the Bronx. And so that's kind of like local to us. And um, they actually use Bookshop for their e-commerce, nice. which is the platform I linked in the last show notes and will continue linking to. So it was a really easy experience. And also it was really easy to find them through someone I knew who knew. Um, who knew who knew? <laughs> I knew who knew. Ha ha. <laughs> um, But I want to say, ask your white friends, (laughs) like this is something that was in white fragility that I really, really liked Um, as white people speaking from my own experience. um, There's a lot of emotion wrapped up in this and there's like a lot of energy and there's a lot of trying to do the right thing. Um, Save all that for your white friends, like your black friends are doing enough right now. And they're not google and they're not a phone book and they're not an encyclopedia like talk to other people who are also learning and who also need to do this work
1: um i can't believe you said phone book (laughs) we just (laughs) lost any gen z audience base we have
0: uh, what would you have said (laughs) to like to you know what i mean though like I can't think of an internet aggregator that is as specific of of like a reference work.
1: Mm. Google.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, your black friends are not Google. Like, uh, if you want to find something and or want to learn something, go do that for yourself as well. Like, um, but that is a, a lesson from white fragility and other things that I've read that I think about very frequently. It's like, how are we doing this work ourselves, how are we doing this work among our white friend groups, how are we doing this work in a way that isn't performative, like, our black friends don't need to know that we're doing this work in mm-hmm. order for us to be good people, um, so yeah, that's the thing that I think about a lot, especially around stuff like this, where I'm trying to find resources, but, like, don't want to use people as resources. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm saying this in the way that I mean it, but
1: I think so. Yeah. But I me, mean, I think it is coming across. Well. Thanks. I like that. Don't use people as resources. Yeah. Generally. That's good. I think it's a good sentiment for like a lot of situations really. <laughs> but especially especially relevant. Now. Um I'm trying to about any of anything that. I don't think so. I don't think that about Thumbs it up.
0: Cool. I mean, in future episodes also, we'll be talking about the stuff that we've gotten from these resources and how we like it and what the experience is like. We're very new into this, so I don't want to throw anything specific out right now because we need to do some testing and we need to wait for some deliveries. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is these are resources that we plan to continue using and... Hopefully we really like some of these products and they're things that we can go back to over and over in the same way that we go back to some of our sustainable brands that we use all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really excited to find the overlaps in those things so we can continue shopping sustainably from black businesses. There's a lot coming on this as well.
1: And if you know of any things that we should be checking out, do like Sue and send yay yeah, like that that's good, huh? <laughs> hashtag do
0: like sue
1: <laughs> hey <laughs> that's pretty good hashtag do like sue and send us we were pretty excited to hear about brooklyn tea and we'd love to hear about more stuff hashtag do like sue and uh black lives matter thanks for listening to this episode of apartment 26
0: for more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode check out the show notes linked below And follow us on Instagram at apt26podcast.
1: See you next time.